So first things first, Benjamin, how are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. That's good to hear. So you have a new record out, and where I want to start with this, I, w I was um, listening to Bad Card, uh, a song that you just recently uploaded. <laughs> Shall I help your manager? No. He's all right, he's all right. He wanted to know whether he could come in to give me some water or not. Thanks, dude. Oh, perfect, thank you very much. So uh, I was listening to the song uh, Bad Card uh -huh. that you recently uploaded, and, and in your verse you talk about kind of discovering reggae and mm -hmm. what it meant to you. Mm -hmm. And so since this album is uh, titled Roots, going back to, to the early beginnings, what, what kind of change made, uh, did reggae make in, in your kind of musical development? So when I first, I kind of got into music more like from a punk rock metal kind of thing, you know, like when I was year seven, so I was 12 years old, that's when I started listening to music, Nirvana, mm. uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, I got into Metallica, Faith No More. I was into that heavier sort of white music, I guess you could say. Sure. And um, my dad got heavily into, he was really into the Buena Vista Social Club when that mm. came out around the same time. So he was always listening to this Cuban jazz and I was always like, that's really cool. I always really liked it, but it was like not any, it was so out of my world. And then I was into this band called Sublime, which is like mm -hmm. a California sort of punk band. They do a bit of reggae-ish sort of stuff. And I was like, hey dad, listen to this. It's reggae music, check it out. And I played it to him. He's like, that's not reggae. And the next day he came home with uh, Bob Marley Legend. And he gave me the, like, on a CD. And I was like, oh wow, okay, this is real reggae. And I started listening to it and it was kind of similar to my ears as the Cuban stuff. Mm. Funnily enough, that's, they're only a couple of, 40 kilometers distance Cuba to Jamaica. You know, mm. they're not that far away. Very different genres of music, but at the time it sounded the same and I couldn't really place why or why not. Um, and then, so I got really into that music and that was kind of like my journey into understanding soulful music and mm. I got to this, I came to this point because I was really into Radiohead as well, Rage Against the Machine, Limp Bizkit, Korn, you know, all this, this angry music. And then I was listening to this beautiful, soulful black music. And I was like, why is it that all the white people are making angry or depressed music and all the black people who are probably much poorer and are probably less privileged, definitely less privileged, why are they making such uplifting music? Why is it so beautiful and soulful and uplifting and positive? And um, that got me thinking about it. And so I, and then I got, as I got older, I started getting more into jazz and into, mm. you know, understanding things, not, not just punk rock, you know. And now that kind of distorted guitar sound, I don't really resonate with it. I was in a metal band for like six years. Right. And I kind of, and I, I really was into it. But then after being in a band with listening to over and over again, for years and you know for every you know three days a week we used to jam now i can't really listen to it anymore it's also, i need like just soulful gentle music you know i mean i love drum and bass and i love electronic music but metal and stuff doesn't really resonate with me anymore I mean, one thing you say about the music of bob marley being soulful because one, one thing that i when i discovered bob marley's music was and i think you touched upon this in in the song as well but that there was a lot of wisdom those those little jamaican sayings and it kind of made me look at life a little bit different did, did it have a same effect on you absolutely i mean re reggae music i was never really listening to the lyrics okay. so much but i definitely feel like it 
there was something subconsciously instilled in me because there's something, it's so much tougher. Reggae music is way tougher than metal, but there's no distorted guitars. There's no double kicks. You know, even though it, metal's trying to be as tough as it can be, raw, this is too rough, raw. <laughs> Reggae was like, whether you have a fat bass line booming along, like it's tough, man, it's really tough, but it's beautiful and it's tough. And so I try to, that was the biggest inspiration for me, not so much the lyrics. When it comes to lyrics, okay. I don't really listen to people's lyrics that okay. much. I don't really, I've never been into someone who listens to lyrics and, oh wow, he used this metaphor and put mm. this there and going over the bar line and rap, like it never, I'm more into the beat and the bass okay. line and the chords and the melodies, you know? And then my lyrics are just like, well, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm feeling, and I just mm. put that onto page. Okay. Well, because of that, I see a lot of similarities in, in that you do look at the world and you see certain things uh, and then you, you have your, your ideas about them. To Bob Marley, you mean? No, 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 but in terms of your lyrics, lyrics well, yeah. where, where, where you look at the world and, and, for instance, if we take a fire every day, that's mm -hmm. kind of a, a look at the world we live in today. Mm. So, so how do these lyrics then come to you? Is it, is it kind of very, very spur of the moment? It's, it's one of those things. My brain is like this constant river of flow of him. I, the way I like to think about it is like there's this infinite consciousness all around us. I, I believe that consciousness is its own dimension and we all connect to it and we all have our own consciousness and we all tune to that but then you can also collect to this, you can connect to this wider collective consciousness that we're all part of mm. um, and I feel like I have a, 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 a really strong ability at connecting to that so I don't really think about it. Okay. I just think to myself, what am I going to write about? And I'll just, things will just pop into me. Like I'll, I'll start more with like a melody and like a rhythm. So okay. when I was writing Fire Every Day, for example, I had the beat playing and I was like, and then I'm like, well, what? Like that's how it started. Okay. And this system is a mess. I feel it in my chest. And that, those words just literally just fell out of my brain. Right. Put it down. I don't go, oh, I need to say this before this to make it like that. It's just sort of like what happens in my, and then I just, it's like, it's very like this kind of singular stream of consciousness kind of right. in a way. And of course, once I've written it down, I go back and I might fix a few things and change things around a little bit. Mm. But usually it's a very, I don't know, it's just something that just turns on in my right. brain. I wish I could teach it and tell people <laughs> how to do it, but I, don't, I can't. So it's a very natural way of doing it then, not trying to overthink things and just letting it be what it is. Yeah, and I think mainly, honestly, the more I devote myself to being thankful to this infinite consciousness, mm. the easier it comes. Right, because I've heard you say that, that inspiration was never really an issue for you, that you always have stuff floating. I've always in. been able to tap into creativity, mm. tap into inspiration, but I think it's also because I've always been an outsider. Mm. I've never been trying to be part of the group, you know? I've always been, like as a, when I was in high school and primary school, I was never trying to be part of the big group or anything like mm. that. I was just like, in, in a way, it was, it was bad to some degree because I made it, hard, it made it hard for me to make friends and I got bullied as well because I was always just trying, I was like, I naturally have an argumentative sort of mindset. Right. I'm not an agreeable person. If someone said something to me which is completely true, I'll try and figure out a way mm. 
to be like, but hang on, what about like this? And, the, and it, gets, it just pisses people off. That's just how my brain works. And it's annoying. This, there's a beautiful quote by Bill Burr, you know, the comedian. Sure, my, my favorite comedian. One of my favorite. And he says this amazing quote, and it's so true. He says, I agree with 99% of feminism until it comes out of a right. woman's mouth. <laughs> right? And it's, it's hilarious. Sure. But um, it's one of those things, it's, and it's true. It's like, I do agree with all of feminism, but when someone's trying to argue it with me, I'll try and find a way to, you know, my wife hates me for it. <laughs> but um, she doesn't hate me, but you know, she definitely <laughs> hates that quality. But um, do you need to get out? You just have to go through this door here. Sorry. All good, man, don't worry about it. Just through there. That last yep. one, man. Thank you. No worries. No, no, so, um in terms of the, 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 can I assume then that you start with music? That I start with music? Yeah, when, when you write? So because you say there's more emphasis on kind of the, the feel and the, the, the feel. sound. I mean, you know, when I was in high school, I was kind of like, whatever, I didn't know what I did. I think I've got one of the, I'm one of those people that whatever I've decided to do, I probably would have done it well. Mm. May not have been a professional or the best at it, but I definitely would have done it good. Whether I was a lawyer or a doctor even, or even a gardener, I just have a brain where I want to do, when I learn to do something, I want it done right. And it pisses me off when other people don't do things properly. Mm. And that's another thing, like we're working in groups. So maybe that's why I'm a solo artist. When I work with artists, other people, and I feel like they're not putting their 100% in, it really annoys me. Right. I, want, I want everyone to do their absolute best at all times. And that sometimes that's very demanding of people, which is probably why I'm a, definitely a solo <laughs> artist. But it is part of this, this is just, uh, I, I don't know how accurate this is, but is, is it also part of, uh, you, you've been busking for, uh, for a lot of years and kind of perfecting, honing that craft. So is, mm. is it part of that, that you, that you kind of exactly know how to do what you do and uh, that because you know that you, you kind of ask the same diligence from other people? Well, I was in lots of different bands before mm. starting DubFX and I was like singing and I was in a, a, a metal band, I was in a hip hop soul band, I was doing jazz, I was in a jazz band. Well, I was jamming with lots of jazz musicians, mm. not a specific band. Um, I was doing, I was singing over house and breakbeat in clubs with DJs. And then I was also doing acoustic sets with other with a few other people. So I was doing lots of different genres, you know, I was doing reggae as well. And um, none of those acts, I felt like were going anywhere um, because I felt like all the people in those bands probably weren't all in the same way I was all in, mm. which is why I just packed my bags and left Australia and came to Europe nice. and started street performing on my own. Um, as far as the process to get to where I am now, it was a long process because it was something that didn't exist yet. I didn't know anyone else. Sorry, I just tapped the mic. I didn't know anyone else who was beatboxing hip hop and dubstep on the street and, and rapping and singing conscious lyrics. I didn't have any examples of that. Right. I didn't know that that wasn't something that I was planning to do. It was something that when I would set up and street perform, when I made a certain type of hip hop beat, people would stop and they'd want to buy my CD. And then other people would get up and rap. And then I remember one time in Manchester, this kid was rapping and it was one of the most amazing conscious mm. raps and everyone was watching. They thought he was the artist. I was the guy street performing, but this guy just rocked up and he's like, get me on the beat. I gave him the mic and he just started rapping. And, it was, and I was like, wow, people respond to real conscious stuff. So I started writing more conscious things, mm. you know? And then I noticed people liked bass lines. They liked warm, melodic, 
fat bass lines, so I started making those. They wanted fat, crunchy, bouncy beats, so I started making those. And before long, I was kind of like carved just by listening to what people were interested in. I was interested in it too. If there were people who wanted something that I didn't like, I wouldn't do it, sure. obviously. But I just kind of, it, would all, it all just fit together and became this thing that I loved and it just so happened to be unique in its own mm. way. And so and I think because my, dil my diligence at just being so hands-on and wanting to do the best thing I can possibly at all times, mm. I guess it became successful right. because of that. Well, because I can imagine that touring uh, wherever in a van and, and uh, busking on the streets isn't the easiest of life, I suppose. No. So, so what, what is that drive then? Is that the, you mentioned you kind of talk about it like you always had that, but what is that drive then to, to want to be successful or to want to do the best job you can? The drive for me, it's going to sound really counterintuitive, but I always wanted to be a dad, a father, and I wanted to be able to provide for my family. Mm. But I also didn't want to have a nine to five job. Not that I think there's anything wrong with it. I just, for me personally, I felt like being able to, if I could make a living for me and my family and do it through art, and through art that I get to choose, like I'm not being told what to do by a record label and I'm completely independent. Plus also, I started when I was young and I didn't have any responsibilities. I just had myself to worry about. But my end game was, I want to have a house with kids and a wife and I want to have a you know, good life. So I didn't smash myself with drugs. I don't drink alcohol really. Um, you know, I might have a beer once every couple of weeks. So very focused. I'm very focused and I'm very work driven and I, I just want to do things right. I'm probably on the spectrum, a lot of people would think, you know, I've definitely got some Asperger's and ADHD, Great. 100%. But I think that's what helps me focus and that's probably what makes me shit at, shit at interacting with people in large groups mm. and good, like I can interact with one on one, okay, but if I'm at a party, and the focus is all on me, and I'm like, I have to interact with lots of different people, my brain can't handle it. Okay. So, so obviously when you're performing, uh, there's a lot of people around. So well, I'm just, well, they, don't, they just have to listen to what I've got to say. I, I, I was gonna ask, so it's a, what is that conscious, uh, consciousness when you're on stage then? Where, do you go somewhere else? Is it kind of an escape for you as well? I definitely go somewhere else. I'm kind of like, it's an out of body experience mm. a lot of the time when I perform. I'm, and also, because I've been doing it for such a long time, it's like I've been doing it for 14 years now, you sure. know, so it's very muscle memory based. Everything I do, technically, I know exactly what, I've, I spent a lot of time preparing my show and my set and all my equipment so that it all runs very efficiently. But, um, yeah, I've got to that point, it's so dialed that when I get on stage, I'm completely confident that I know that I'm gonna smash the set. It's where, whether it's 40 minutes or two hours, in my brain I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do, and I have the whole plan in my head, I run through it in my head, and I step on stage and then it just sort of comes out, and I just right. do it. And I'm also very conscious of this infinite consciousness. Like I'm always, I'm imagining it pouring through me and pushing out to the people, and that's mm. how I don't get tired. That's how I keep my energy, and it's, don't feel drained when I leave the stage or when I do show after show after show, that can be really draining on a lot of people. I'm always imagining that I'm getting more energy than I need so that I can do what I do. And, and what role does the audience play in this, this energy? 
they just get to sit and enjoy it. Fair I enough. mean, definitely they throw the energy back mm. and I'm, I'm definitely more responsive when there's a huge crowd who are really into it. Right. And I can feel it when there's a crowd who are into it, but a bit you know, sort of cold. And then I can feel it when the energy's rah, and like small crowds, you know, it, but really I could do it by myself because I could, I used to do it on the street sure. and I would close my eyes and I would just get into that zone and open my eyes and there'd be like 500 people. <laughs> Other times I'd do my thing and then I'd open my eyes and there'd be like five people. So it doesn't, I don't need the audience, but it definitely helps inspire. When sure. I see them really bouncing, having a good time, that'll help me go a bit better, you know? Right. Well, getting back to the album, there's one song in particular I wanted to get into a little bit because from the start of hearing that song, it feels a little bit different than, than a lot of music that you make, which is Shotgun to me. Yep. Where did you start with that song? Because there's, there's that certain intro. I wrote the word, it's probably not uh, accurate, but ominous. For some reason, it felt a little bit ominous, the, the intro and then the way kind of the song started. So what was mm. for you the starting point of that track? It starts with, there's this, this kind of sample, which is of me, but it's mm. like this. Mm. So that little sound there. What it is, is I recorded a loop on a different occasion over some other beat, I don't remember mm. doing it even, and it was just this harmony thing that I looped. So normally I make a beat, and I make some harmony sounds, and I make a bass line, and I sing over that, right? That's usually mm. what, I'm, what my songs would be in a loop station. But sometimes I, I do something that I'm like, well, that was cool, that was something that will never happen again, so I save it. And then I'll take those files, those loops, and I put them in my computer, and I just leave them. And one day I was just took those loops, and I put them in a drum machine, and I put this, the harmony loop, and I put mm. that on the key, so I go, oh, sorry, it'll be like, you're up the scale, you can play this loop, and it goes faster, goes slower as you go down in pitch. And I was messing around with this one, I was like, oh, that's really cool, and I found this groove, so I recorded that, and then mm. I put that with the stepper's groove. It, I had the stepper beat already, right. and I started playing with this harmony thing, in this weird contest, and that was the beginning. And then I and then I made the bass line. It was all just in a little drum machine called a Electron Digitact. The fact that you do so much yourself, in a way, you, you create all these sounds yourself. Is it, is it sometimes difficult to know what song, uh, what direction a song goes into? It always changes. Like I'll start a song as a hip hop beat, and it'll mm. come, it'll turn into a reggae song or right. a jungle tune or a drum and bass. I just kind of, sometimes I make the remix before I've even made the original. <laughs> That's what usually happens with me. Like I'll, I'll do this, I had this, like a one of the songs on Branches, which is the next thing I'm going to be releasing. Um, it started off as like this kind of really gentle hip hop with like a samba guitar. And, I, and then while I was making it, I'm like, oh, the remix is going to be sick. So I started making the remix in the, and now it's okay. just the remix. Okay. It's like a drum and bass version of the tune. It just happens, so yeah, I don't know, it, it always changes. And, and with Shotgun, is, is it again the, the kind of stream of consciousness uh, lyrics that's kind of the first, it's, it's audio and then, then you start to pick out words in, in... Big time. That one there was an interesting one because all I had was, for some reason, and so I load up my shotgun, like that was just mm. in there. And then I was also, I, that was the first thing. And I'm like, how do, I've never sung a song about loading up shotguns and I'm not that kind of a guy. I don't, I've never wanted to even touch a shotgun. I've never right. touched, fired a gun in my life. I've never gambled, I, 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 you know, I'm not, that's not me. And then I was like, I was walking down the street and heard a rich man say, I'm living in the streets and I'm a dying today. And I was like, came up with this story and this idea of, 
if I was to meet myself in mm. the future. So the young version of me, meaning the old man right. of me. And that old man is the guy, the old man that took, made all the wrong choices. He's, he's, a, he's a bum, he lives in the street, he's bitter and he's angry right. and, he, and he hates himself and he wants and he asks the young me to kill him. Mm. That's what the story's about. So, so is, is that in a sense of, uh, a reminder to yourself in a way that uh, because you mentioned kind of the goal was always to have that family, have a wife, family, and, and you have that now. Exactly. So is that the more kind of don't go down this like gambling or whatever you, you can do to fuck up your life path. Exactly. Which is stay on what you do. And that's right. Yeah, that's literally it's about him, you know, because there's a moment in the song where he this he gets the young him, the young me. He's, 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 being, he's being asked by the old me to shoot him, and then somehow the young me, now all of a sudden the old me's got the gun, he shoots the young me, right? right. And I, I see the gods, and the gods say, just go back and hold the ones you love, appreciate life, do you know, what you can to, like, to, to be a better person and all that sort of stuff. It's, that is kind of like a reminder. It, it's, it's basically, yeah, I mean, it's like, I could have easily fucked my life up. Right. You know, but I think that I've just been good at surrounding myself with good people. I was at a, at a stage in my previous relationship where I could have, I mean, a lot of the inspiration for that song was <laughs> where I would be if I stayed in my previous relationship. Because okay. I became very bitter, very, very angry um, and unappreciative of where I was. Mm. And I felt like I was, it, none of, all the hard work I was doing wasn't, there was no payoff. Mm. That's where I felt like. And if I'd stayed in that relationship, I would be really, I'd, I'd want to kill myself, I think. Right. So, but luckily I, I'm not in that relationship. <laughs> and luckily, my, yeah. my, my wife is amazing and I'm super, super blessed. I've got two beautiful children. Mm. But yeah, that's the song. It's like if I went down that wrong path. Mm. Finally then, and this kind of ties into to what we just talked about, but it seems to me at least uh, that your music has a lot of emphasis on kind of, uh, self-awareness but also self-acceptance kind of yeah allowing you yourself to be yourself anyway mm -hmm. um is that also something you've cared from from your childhood or something that is that something that gradually you realized about the world and about kind of how you want to conduct yourself definitely um i think one of the because i always did feel out of place growing mm. up to some degree and i think a lot of that was also because i grew up in Australia till I was nine, then I moved to Italy with my mum mm. for three years. And all of a sudden, I felt out of place in Australia, but now I felt out of place in Italy. And all the Italians had this opinion as to why I was strange and different. Mm. But the funny thing was, I was actually just like my, the people in Australia. I mean, I still had friends in Australia, <laughs> sure. of course. I didn't want to have completely outcast, but it was like, I was like, oh, these Italian people were giving me shit for being how most people think you're supposed to be in Australia. Then after three years in Italy, I went back to Australia and everyone was like, oh, these people think I'm too Italianized or they don't understand this culture. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Nobody knows what they're fucking talking about. Mm. And that was when I had this realization is everyone's just brainwashed by the media, by the way people, and I, I had this really young. I was like, wow, because I remember seeing things in the media, big stories mm. that were all over the world but the media in Italy was talking about it in one context, sure. with one point of view. Right. The media in Australia had a completely different point of view. Some of these things, and I was like, wow, everyone thinks it's this way because of the media saying here, and everyone thinks it's that way because the media says in this country. I'm like, the media is like the god of all of us. I remember thinking that so early on. And mm. so it always gave me this idea of like, 
we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what really is cool. Everyone's so I kind of always had this outsider perspective. And so my lyrics, I guess, in a way, is I've always been because I don't listen to what other people are writing about, I don't read other people's lyrics, I've always just written to what can make sense to me. And so my view of the world, it just comes out without any real I don't question, I'm like, and people go, oh, I really like your lyrics. I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't even... Because I did like your lyrics as well. It's, oh. a, it's interesting that, because I hear this uh, every once in a while, that people who have interesting lyrics, they usually don't think about them too much. Really? Yeah, no, I definitely don't. <laughs> I, def I mean, I definitely have moments where I'll read, I'll go back and listen, to, read sure. something that I wrote and go, wow, that's really clever. Like, it's about myself, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's really good. But I don't remember doing it that much. You Fair know, I just enough, kind of yeah. just pfft, did it, you know. All right. Benjamin, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Thanks.